Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shambles, Season 3, Episode 3. Tottenham um, played West Ham United earlier today at 11 o'clock UK time. Down Under in Australia, our first game of the, the, the pre-season tour. Look, it doesn't matter uh, if we lose. Well, we did lose 3-2, but it doesn't really matter what happens score-wise. We could have won that game 3-0. You know, at the end of the day, me and you know it. We need new centre-backs. Anthony's time. Uh, it's still a preseason friendly. It's completely irrelevant and should not be over analysed in any great detail. It's just a glorified training session. Even though Big Ange disagrees that the results always matter, which is something I'm sure we're going to talk about on the podcast momentarily. Regardless, there wouldn't be a podcast <laughs> if we didn't talk about the game. So we're going to pluck. A few things from the game in terms of tempo and mood and all the little all the little things you want to see, just the attitude, the movement of the players, the energy levels, uh, the, some of the stats as well for the nerds listening. Um, and because it's the little things, you know, they're the things that grow into something big. Uh, that's what she said. Um, and now we're going to find out what Dan's going to say. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, cheers, mate. How are you? Uh, you I'm all right. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm, I'm okay in the... Um, I enjoyed the game. I, I I enjoyed the game because it felt like everything about Spurs, like the full package at the minute, even though there's parts of it that are missing, it's far more, it resonates far more to me. And I think it resonates far more to the fan base. And I mean, not just the football, even though it's incredibly early, uh, but just, just the way Ange carries himself, you know, as, as our rep you know as our manager as mm. the guy that's leading the team so yeah we lost to West Ham I do not give a fuck you know no one's going to banter me off uh, uh, you know no one's going to mug me off over a, a pre-season friendly you know uh, the questions that we have about Spurs will, will persist until we make the right signings and we, we we get to that but you you watch the game as well what was your take from it yeah just Quite an enjoyable watch for a pre-season game. Obviously, lots going on. Lots to, um, I suppose, kind of dissect as you go through it. Um, and I think that there was just lots of intrigue about it because we were going to be seeing a few players for the first time, like a few, like pretty much all the new signings we got to saw, we got to see. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's kind of mixed reviews there, but I suppose that that's just. I don't know what it is about watching pre-season games, but you really. I, I kind of like just have this internal conflict all the time of like, how seriously should I be taking any of this? And should I be taking absolutely any of the, anything out of what I see at all? Because 2.8 games, mate. Remember yeah. I'm just scarred by that forever. Yeah. Like, like I'm just Roma, Darren Bent looking like the striker of the century and you know, smashing goals left, right and center. And then he was an absolute flop. There's just things like that that just stick with you. Right. Um, 
So I, I, I don't know. But, over, but overall, I think that there was just lots of positives to take from it. And there's certainly like negatives as well, obviously, conceding free goals. But that's the kind of stuff that we can we can obviously cover today because I think they're quite obvious reasons for a lot of it as well, right? Well, let's, let's let's start let's start with with the negatives, right? And then and then we can shift to to the good stuff. They were sloppy. Um, I know I know Postacoglu said after the game he, he he took a bit of accountability, which is something else I want to get to as well. Um, and he just said that they've not practiced that much with set set pieces and corners and the rest of it, that they've been doing a lot of work, uh, but they've just not got to that yet. Now, I know, like, you, you could say, well, hold on a minute, these are basic things, but he's not had that much time with these guys. This is the first proper football game that we've had. It's still an exhibition. It's still a training session. still about fitness. Um, and arguably, he might have not really bothered that much with, with, with certain uh, routines and, 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 and whatever else in training because we're still lacking those centre-backs. And it showed today, right? We were very good in midfield, very good in, well, transitionally from midfield into attack. We were, we were very good. We were lively, energetic. I don't really know how we didn't score. Um, but in terms of defending, it, it just illustrated how easy it is to take advantage of players who are quite weak uh, and positionally, you know, I mean, there was a, a couple of like a zonal marking moments where you thought like pick up your man and no one got picked up and I think Reg was really weak for one of the goals I mean yeah. it was it, it, again I've just said at the beginning of this don't over analyze but when we're not over analyzing right we're just being we're just saying that if you have competent players who are comfortable in those positions and know what they're doing we probably will not concede three of that well, we probably wouldn't concede any of those goals to be fair um what can we do about it, Dan, other than wait for us to, to, to side someone? We kind of sat here. I mean, what was your take generally? Is there any is there any saving graces from the defence that you saw today? Anything that you you, uh, you yeah, think, I, you know I, what? He'd be all right with another player by the side of him. Yeah, I think, well, Romero's going to be the, that last point in terms of that. I mean, Romero's the standout candidate in terms of he just need. He, I think he just needs an organiser alongside him because yeah. he doesn't scream... Like, it doesn't look like look as though he's someone that does that side of the like the, the, the game. When you look at like a traditional centre back pairing, you know, if we go back to like Ledley and Dawes and stuff like that, like King would just organise everything, yeah. and Dawes would just be yeah. the sort of like you know the destroyer, so to speak, out of the, out of the two of them. And then the same for if Cabal was alongside him, like he just as long as you had him there, it was kind of okay. And that was how like you know Yan and Toby worked really well as a pairing as well. So I think that you know Romero will be fine, but we need whoever kind of comes in on that left hand side really needs to be someone who can be a bit of an organizer. Um, but in terms of like. The actual goals, like I mean, if you looked at all three in isolation, like the first two just looked like really sloppy set piece goals where we've just completely lost our men, and you know that's just that's just going to be part of like coaching in terms of how we want to defend from set pieces. And yes, if he's correct. if he's kind of saying that you know we've not really really worked, I, I mean, from based on what we've seen today, I'd believe him. It looks as though that was the first time we tried to do any type of defending, like like since since Anne just taken over, like all everything's been kind of like focused on the attack side of things, it seems. I think what um, he said, just just quickly to interject, I think it, what yeah. we've been working on is the style. Of yeah. Play. So I guess I guess um structurally where they're meant to be, how they're meant to uh shift you know as a unit, collectively, individually and the rest of it. So you can understand is 
there's methodology to what he's doing. It's not like he's not going to get to organising the defence. No, um, for sure. And I think the I think another thing that I noticed as well was that we obviously got caught on the break like quite a few times. Um, where as soon as they right. broke, we looked yeah, like definitely like if you that's the risk if you're playing that higher line, you you immediately look susceptible as soon as the other team gets on you know a bit of a pacey counter, and that's where you know players like Bowen are going to be you know dangerous in that respect. Um, and you know, but I I think the team at times done well to get back most of the time. It was when it was just the third goal, it was just one too many times, and that's where we kind of like you know, we're just that's where we conceded that third goal, and I suppose it was that type of goal was coming because it, we'd had a few warning signs about it. Um, but that's but that's fine. I think the stuff like that can get a ironed out over time by improving on the people that you've got because we're not going to get rid of all the defenders we've got, but we're probably obviously definitely almost certainly going to be bringing in people who you'd like to think upskill that area like instantly um and are just suited to that style of play ultimately um but it's a bit like you know like where we would always play against city like we've we just always seem to have the perfect formula to play against them in terms of sitting deep and countering and they've just got the ball pretty much now half the whole game but suit but every single counter they look vulnerable and I don't think that's because City are a weak team defensively because clearly they're not when you look at the players they've got but I think that's what you're going to see a bit more from us as well is that we're going to look more vulnerable on the break and stuff because we are much higher up the pitch compared to what we're used to seeing um but I think you'd rather that when you look at what the attacking output was from today yeah it's 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 it doesn't it won't matter that much in terms of the high line if we're taking advantage and maximising those opportunities that we do have in the final third. Yeah, because definitely. We at I mean, pummeled is probably a strong uh, descriptive word, but we had our hands around their neck is probably a worse description. <laughs> I mean, we were we were, <laughs> we were all we were just them, all, right? we were all over them absolutely. I mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was something like 70-plus percent of possession of the football. There was a, a, a pass accuracy of about 90-ish percent, six to 700 passes, um, and obviously we had like 30-plus uh, opportunities compared to what, what they had. I think they had four and scored three, which is obviously all that matters statistically at the end of the day. If this game mattered in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't. It's just a friendly again. And the most important thing was actually seeing a bit of that style. I mean, what did you see? Did you see Did you see Ange Ball today? Or did you see the makings of, of what our season's going to evolve into uh, identity-wise? Did you yeah, catch I def- anything? Yeah, I definitely saw some things that looked very intentional. Like, for instance, just... The, like, the things like the fullbacks tucking in, they were a mu- they were much more narrow than what we're used to seeing them, right? Like we've been used to seeing much more traditional kind of like wing backs in the mm. formations that we've had for the last sort of like eighteen months um, under Conte, um, where you know Porro and Reggion, who I thought both done all right to be honest in the first mm. half, I thought they were mm. pretty good and tidy, especially when we were in possession of the football. Um, that I just thought that you know that just looked like you know, a very clear instruction that that's going to be something that we'll see a fair bit in terms of them effectively joining in with the midfield and allowing those number eights to then push forward. Because we definitely saw the likes of, I think, Madison get forward quite a fair bit and even Basuma, like, bursting forward at times. Um, and when you've got those fullbacks covering for him, for him we can then do that. Um, and I think ultimately just, it was a, the tempo was just much quicker. I think we started yeah. fairly slow, like, 
as soon as as soon as we kicked off, it just was straight back to like last season of Romero holding onto the ball, waiting to be pressed and passing to his centre back, and then them giving it back to Romero. Like that was for the first few minutes, but then as the game went on and more and more, I definitely think the tempo was getting uh, quicker and quicker, and it was just one touch pass, one touch pass, um, which was just you know nice nice to see. It's just a, a, an immediate shift in. I think one thing I think Ange said, if I'm not, I hope I'm not wrong, but I think one of the things he said was that he was just pleased to see the, the players trying to do what we've been, you know, working on, like yeah. actually willingly trying to um, implement things into the game that they've only been working on, obviously for a brief amount of time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's only then, that's because you have to do that to get used to something so that when that, when as the more we go, I think we'll only see that get better as the season goes on, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, again, it's it is a glorified training session. It, these games have always been that, and and yeah, you don't like losing to to any rival or, or any football club. Um, yeah, a bit, mainly because just football's football, right? Like you, you kind of live for the wins. You live you live for 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 for, you, for your team to do well. But again, doesn't really matter. Other than does our manager care enough to? Uh, does, has our manager seen enough to care that he knows that you know they, these players are re- responding? And one of the things as well, I completely butchered that. I had a point to make, and I just that, that was waffling, so I'm going to cut myself off. What I want to go go to because there's there's a few things that we can talk talk about just for the sake of it, like the new signings, what you thought of them, mm. including Destiny. Um, yeah. Um, well, actually, let's just kick off with that. I, I mean, you 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 mentioned Mads. You know, but let's start at the back. Let's start with the goalkeeper because he got, he came in with he came in for a little bit of criticism, and and obviously there were people that were potentially over analysing or or perhaps being perhaps being correct in in saying that you know the guy is young, and he probably needs development. Um, should we go back to Brentford and look at Raya again? I mean, is that just a bit too knee jerk for just one? game that we've watched where maybe he wasn't as commanding because the thing is in our heads you know we've got the 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 good the the elite version of Hugo Lloris someone who for most of the 10 years he's been at the club has been yep. absolutely incredible just a fantastic servant who has degraded over the past few years and I think we have let him down and I think the club have let us down by not yeah, bringing sure. in an understudy whilst I mean, why am I saying this? I'm a football fan, for fuck's sake, with a mic. Like, doesn't it make logical sense to bring in a young player to play under Hugo Lloris and and be and you know over three or four seasons even, and then have him? Pr- I know it's not always easy to, to pinpoint top top goalkeepers, right? It's a really funny position to get right, but we've always looked for these kind of understudies that are levels below. Levels below, they're number twos and number threes. They are never going to be number ones. Is this keeper our number one for the season ahead, or do we need like another number one? Well, he's gonna, he's, he is gonna be like that much is clear. Uh, I think it is. I do think it's a massive knee jerk to start saying, you know, start questioning him already when it's it's his first game out trying to, you know, get used to playing with new teammates he's never played with before. Like, I do think that. People are saying things that are probably correct. Like I've said it as well. Um, he wasn't good for giving away the second corner. 
Um, I don't think he was. I think someone. I think I, my my stream cut out a little bit on the first goal, so I, I wasn't really sure like what he'd done wrong there. I know a few people were digging him out for something in that respect, but he did also make some decent saves um, as well. So you know, I think it's a fine first performance. I think there's, there's, I, I get that your frustration that you're obviously sort of saying in terms of why have we like you know done so so wrong by like you know Hugo and by the you know why is the club like not being able to bring in someone like a young player to then come in and learn and stuff yeah. well it's just like you're painting perfect scenarios like you can't yeah. just do that I mean, I know, like I know. and and it's like I look at United that, they've man. just got to do that for the podcast yeah but like but United have just lost a hater do you know what I mean? Like mm. They've not had enough. They're just going to have a new keeper next season mm. who, you know, I mean, they're bringing in Anana. Like, that's because Anana can come in and just be brilliant because he's already brilliant. Like, he's played in Holland. He's now been playing in Italy and he'll be Why fine. Why can't he'll, we do that, Dan? Why can't we just buy brilliant players, end product players? Well, look at how much they're paying for him, Spook. Like, they're paying how £50 they million. Pay? Pound for, they're paying £50 million pound for wow. a goalkeeper. Okay, like, yeah, I, mean, I know that people will sit there and say, oh, that's what you've got to do if you're going to be a top team. And I do think that there's obviously an element of that. Yeah. But like, I just think that there's there's some of the. I'll go back to the point that I said on one of the previous pods that some positions are just going out of this world in terms of what you're having to pay for people. Mm. Like, hundred five million for Declan Rice and fucking seventy five million for Allison when he went Liverpool and lots of money. I think Edison was thirty five million for Man City, which is probably yeah, it's, an absolute it's, it's, bargain. It's bonkers, do you know what I mean? Right? But then, bonkers. but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Brentford wanted forty million for Raya, and you think, well, if we can bring. I said at the time, and I still maintain it, if you can bring in someone who's just had a really good season in Italy for 17 million quid, and they're still, they're still young by goalkeeping terms, they can still get better, then there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so is it Raya or Raya? Who cares? Whatever you want. No, I just wanted to make sure that I can't <laughs> another, another footballer's name. I, can I, I probably say both, so I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, make, I'll, make, I'll make it up as I go along anyway. Um, but happy okay, with so, him, yeah. I think he was fine. Like he'll, yeah, he'll be okay, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it, it, again, it, you know, I don't want to do this every time we say something, but it was only a friendly. But also, friendly. like, don't get me wrong. First game I, I maintain, I maintain the right to be able to change my opinion as time goes on. That's the first yeah, time I've do. seen him, and it was a yeah, fifty yeah, fifty. Yeah. It was a fifty 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 performance in forty five minutes. He literally only played forty five minutes yeah, as well, yeah, not yeah. even a full ninety. And if he starts. Dropping howlers week in week out all the way through August and September, but then yeah, we're obviously going to have to worry a little bit. Forster's probably going to have to come in for some stability, and then we're either going to have to go, you know, back. Hope this guy gets better because that can happen. Like keepers can come in really shaky. Like De Gea was yeah. awful when he first came in at United and turned into one of the best keepers in the world at one point. So th- these things can just take time. They're settling into. They- he's going to be settling into a new league. And all those types of you know those stereotypical things that we say. So mm. give him a bit of time. I'm sure he'll be all right. But you know, it's at the end of the day. Like if it goes wrong, we've tried it, and we can go back in for Raya or another goalkeeper at a later point, right? What about uh, Solomon? I quite liked him. I thought he was quite tricky. Um, he likes weak, to obviously weak, run with the weak ball. Foot. Weak left foot. Yeah, but you know, Kulusevski's got no right foot, so it's just one of them isn't it like mm. th- th- these players i think are expected to try and you know cross when they can but they but they tend to be cutting in quite a lot well this is like it, in, the, right? in his formation kind of so this, inver- this kind of inverted winger type of uh uh not system but just cutting in and then and then doing what you need to do um but you can but still yeah, cross so were... from those types of angles, can't yeah, you? Like yeah, Kulusevski's yeah, brilliant at it. Who cuts onto his left and sort of puts puts something into puts yeah, a ball yeah. in towards the back post, and that's where we scored. We've already scored 
we've seen that in action and it's mm. and it's looked good. But with Solomon, I think I definitely think he's um gonna be a good player for the squad for the season. I don't think he'll be starting a lot. I think Son will obviously be occupying that kind of left hand channel yeah. role. Um, yeah. But um I think that at least he'll offer a bit of something off the bench. You know, like he's clearly got an eye for goal. He hit a couple of decent shots today that one was saved and one was sort of bent a bit wide. So, you know, he's got an eye for goal, and I think he will see we'll see a few of those go in and plenty go wide, like as the throughout the season. Um, but yeah, no, happy with him. And what about Starboy Destiny? Yeah, nice, really nice good, little really, header, nice little really, touch. It was actually it was a really good corner from Perisic. Yeah. Who I want to say something on in a second. Um, and... I forgot about him. He stripped off at the end of the game and just chucked all these uh, his gear <laughs> yeah. into the stand. He was just yeah, wearing knickers on the way back to the uh, dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he, he put a good ball in, and it was just a really nice deft header. Like he just sort of flicked it, and it just the keeper was done, and their defenders were done. They just couldn't do anything. It was a really good goal. Um, but I thought he was really lively. He showed a few a few of his attributes. Like he he looks really rapid, like really pacey. Yeah. Um, his English really, is really good as well. It I'm is, sure. yeah, yeah. I, I saw I, the. I don't um, know why I, I was unaware that he, you know, because there's a lot. There's a. I mean, it's fair to say there's a lot of players that come from the continent that struggle with English, right? And then they, yeah. they kind of they build into in, in, into working the language when they're living here because they're surrounded by their teammates. Uh, but this guy's going to have no problem in the dressing room. And, and it's interesting though, because uh, it just—I think it often depends on where people are coming from. If you look at like him and Vicario, both Italian, like they both yeah. speak really good English, like yeah. for their, like for what you'd yeah. think. And then you get some players who come from certain parts of the world. Like I know Lucas Moura could speak English, but if you look at Emerson and Richarlison, they don't—they don't seem as though they speak great English, right? Like yeah. you never hear yeah, them yeah, speaking yeah. English really. And I think that that's just like there's certain parts of the world where. You know, if people have been exposed to certain leagues and parts of the world for a long time, especially Europe, you're typically going to be speaking English anyway. Um, so it's, um, but he, he was just, he was just good to see. I, you know, I definitely think that. I think one thing that we did see from that was that there was all these fears about, like, you know, can these kind of like right wing backs, left wing backs play in these full back positions? And he certainly looked as though he's, he'll be fine at left back. I thought Porro looked much more comfortable today at right back than he did last season. Um, and I think that's just all going to be part of when you're when you're on the ball, when you have more of the ball, it's easier playing in those positions, right? Yeah. It's when you're then surrendering the ball more often and happy to play, you know, percentage football that you you can look a bit more out of um, your depth. But I thought I thought it was a good promising forty five minutes from him. Yeah, again, and that that's what I'm talking about when you when when you sit down to watch these games. You want to see if this style, you want to see what it is exactly they're working on on the training pitch and how that transfers to to, to, to the actual game. And you, it's cameos, right? It's just cameos yeah. in movement, cameos as individuals. And it's building up that, that kind of uh, fitness for the season. And when it matters, we know how professional footballers completely change. They, they recalibrate the tempo and the the and everything because the premier league is obviously so much more important than 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 the game that played out today um just 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 something as well on 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 players uh, coming into england and learn, learning the language something that i completely forgot about that dan, i think dan Lowe mentioned it on the spurs show a long long time ago son used to listen to the fighting cock podcast to oh my um, god <laughs> to, I'm, can you i don't know who recommended it to son He's uh, just right, like who's, who's the dolphin? Oh, uh, Chadley. 
<laughs> yeah, but that's what he's saying. Like, who's this dolphin oh, they keep fuck, talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of nuggets that came out from the fighting cock uh, back in the day. Um, but that one is one that I completely forgot about. I just, I just, I just thinking about Son sitting down and trying to to work out. <laughs> You know, Ricky rolling down the hill at Wembley and, and, and having to take a <laughs> shit, and all, all these, all these, all these ridiculous stories. And he and he's he's just sat there thinking, yeah, this is going to help me, you know, with the lads in the dressing room, definitely. Um, bless Son. Um, also, I've got to say, bless Gio Lacelso. I mean, mate, either either the, this is shop window Gio, and it's going to help us sell him to Napoli for 50 million quid or whomever. But can, I mean, look, is Gio the answer? And if so, what what's the fucking question? Uh, yeah, um, it's really hard, isn't it? Because we go back to that pre-season point, don't we? plays with Messi in Argentina when he's fit. Like, he's a good footballer. He just, he, he just appears to be not cut out or doesn't want to be cut out playing for Tottenham. He, it's like it's a burden to him. It was when he was here, right? Yeah. Can can he offer us something? If he stays, I definitely think he can because he he basically controlled the midfield, didn't he? Like when he when he played in that second half, I thought he was really good, and then obviously scored the goal as well. Right place, right time, good finish. Um, I just find it odd whenever I read reports like he's you know, Argentina are really mi- going to miss him and stuff like that, and I watch them win the World Cup and think you like. What what bit of him are they missing? But they waxed lyrical about him, didn't they? Um, for the Argentina uh, for yeah, the international yeah. team. But yeah, to, I, I don't know. I think the, I still lean more towards the side of yeah, it was a good preseason performance. But I think ultimately, like the club are probably going to be quite intent on moving him on. Um, wages just, and um, I mean, it's more than just that. It's it's you know one of the things I got I've got kind of scribbled down in front of me is that the mid the midfield right now is stacked. We yeah, have and I so think so many options, but it's an it's an illusion, right? And Geo yeah. falls in as he's part of that illusion because we cannot, with the fact that we're not in Europe, we cannot hold on to all these players, and that kind of falls back to you know the fact that Geo is in the shop window. And they might well, I'll give you a bit of an al- well. I'll give you like a catch twenty two scenario, yeah, yeah, or a bit of an alternative. So if you've yeah. got Benton Cora out until September October because this, this is really a key issue for us. We need someone to really be like that link. That's we need the three players in midfield to be certified starters. So you've got yeah. Bissouma, Madison. They're the two definites you would say, yeah, in terms of the available midfielders we've got now. Then it's a bit of a free for all amongst like Hoiberg, Skip, Saar, and then let's tr- let's throw Tangi and Lacelso in there as well. Like there's there's then like four or five options for that third spot, but none of them really kind of like wow you. So then, do you sort of like get rid of like move a few, sell a few, loan a few, keep one as like a kind of let's see how he does until Bentoncourt's back, and maybe Lacelso is that one. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah, is he yeah, the third yeah. man in the midfield, and and like if he this if he turns out to be like amazing, then you've got just quality depth there at least then haven't you if he turns around his time at Spurs and starts loving it and you know it turns out to be more of a long-term option but that's 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 like you know I suppose like you're quite far down the line we'd have to wait and see what happens this summer ultimately 
Yeah, I mean, we might. It might be the case that we we buy another midfielder. We don't know. I mean, obviously, we 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 didn't really go into it because I don't think there's a, a reason to on this on this particular episode regarding the centre backs because nothing's changed. You know, Mickey Van der Ven and Tapsuba, yeah, and and the guy at Fulham as well. Um, help me out. Uh, um, Tosin. Tosin, who hasn't really been spoken about that much. But there's not been kinda, much noise at all, to be honest. No, is there? The, well, the thing is, you you don't. It, it, there's no there's no noise because it isn't newsworthy for for anyone to be sharing. And obviously, if the I mean the other angle is that if we're not interested, then there's no agents involved. No one's leaking information to the press to yeah. try to get a bidding. War. So you know, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the press is generally full of noisy uh, nonsense. All of the time, sometimes there is some truth and elements, but we're seeing a repeat of everything because both these players we were supposedly really close to signing, and now we're supposedly negotiating both deals. And it's like, hmm, is the negotiation thing just just a, a, an additional part of the story arc because you don't know what's going on, so you're just going to. It just depends on. It depends on like, how in-depth like these contracts are, doesn't it? Because every deal is different, right? Like Not every single one is straightforward. There might be like release clauses they're trying to include. There could be buyback or sell-on fees like, and It always feels that like we're buying stuff. players, though, that have... <laughs> it always feels like we are the ones that are always waiting to get these deals done. Because no, I know, way. yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, maybe other supporters, we've spoken about this before, maybe other clubs go through the same thing. But often it feels like other clubs just announce players. And Spurs have done that a few times, surprisingly. Under Conte, it was like bang, bang, bang. And it was like, what? what is going on? It's like and every deal is different though, isn't it? Now. It's, yeah. Every deal's different. If yeah. you look at the stuff, there was a there was a program. It was called I can't remember what they called it. I think they just called it Deadline Day or the Transfer Window or something like that. It was on Sky, um, and it was around the oh, I think it was summer last year. That it was the window yeah. they were following, and Tanganga was one of the players that was featured in it. And he like basically like Parat- you saw the negotiations Paratici was having like when he was working for Spurs and that, um, and you know essentially he nearly ended up at both Inter or um AC. Um but like, you know, ultimately they decided to keep him in the end because of because of depth. But it, it was kind of one one of the quotes that sort of just stuck with me, and it is true that we all forget about at times, is like they're 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 long, arduous processes and if and at all times you need to have the player needs to be willing to make the move, the selling club needs to be willing to sell that player, and then the buying club obviously needs to be willing to buy them, and then there needs to be an agreement on things like price as well. Hmm. And then that's just three basic things that need to be there. There's then so many other things that can then turn one of those yeses to a no. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, and, yeah. and you imagine there's just so much back and forth, and that we obviously had certain targets like Vicario, Madison, Solomon. That all of them, all of the parties were just agreed pretty much straight away and then you'd imagine some of those conversations were going on for a while especially in the case of Madison that that's why they got done quickly whereas if we're kind of only starting to make conversations now mm, for mm. these two players like this summer whereas maybe the others have been going on for longer that's why maybe we we haven't seen them materialize yet I don't know I'm just sort of speculating here obviously no no it you're right. You know, I, I, I think from my perspective, when you're hearing suggestions that the the club are sorting out insurance, so by that point you're thinking the deals are practically done. But then there's due diligence, right? It's just paper. 
doesn't mean anything if there's no signature. Yeah. So things could things be work could be permit done. things stuff yeah, like that as well. It, it, Don't know. It's it's things that have to be done as part of the legal process and the rest of it. If they're not needed, they get shredded. So as much as we we like to kind of hang on to any any suggestion that the deal's practically done because then you're excited to see the player hold up the shirt, we all we can do is wait. Obviously, is the you know the, the, the clock's ticking away. It's just get these centre backs in. We've got the whole season to work with them. I know people are going to think, well, we 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 could have had pre-season, mate, and we could have done something. Let's just remember the last four years have been absolute trash. And, yeah. And and as much as people hate the patient word, you know, we've got a new chef. He's going to have to cook, and hopefully he's going to barbecue a couple of these horrible traits that we've had in the past in terms mm. of the way that we've defended and the way that we have... And I don't just mean the way we have defend, defended as a, a back four or a back three or whatever, but in the way that we position ourselves on the pitch. For example, AC Milan in the Champions League, Antonio Conte, you know, you, you if you sit back and you play a certain way, you're, you suffocate your own um, momentum within that game. You do not give yourself enough expression and expansiveness to make use of players who, believe it or not, are pretty fucking useful with the ball at their feet attacking. As we saw today, obviously, a bit rusty, first game back, should have buried West Ham. Uh, we didn't, and again, it doesn't really matter, but the football was there. So to, to come back to the, the whole kind of midfield thing, um, obviously a lot of players in there, one or two are going to... I mean... <laughs> We're talking about like players going out, right? So obviously mm. the players that we didn't see today, we didn't see Eric Dyer, uh, we didn't see Son, um, we didn't see uh, Jed Spence, uh, Joe Roden. Yeah, they all joined late. They're all kind of having good sessions, training. And they're, they're Some all... are coming back from injuries and stuff like that as well. Exactly. Um, like, do you have like just 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 kind of pulling out of this again? Just in terms of in your heart. Maybe not so much your head. Can you see us getting two centre backs in, and can you see us selling that these players that that because you feel that within the club they have to do it. Just mm. if you if you look at it from the perspective of Levy, all he cares about is a, a, B, and C, and he doesn't care about the important things. To him, he's going to want to streamline everything, right? And obviously, you've got the normal tropes about, oh, we haven't signed anyone yet because we're going to be paying wages for play. Mate, preseason has started. Like, there's no there's no saving wages at this point. They've got to be in with the squad playing football. But people are suggesting, well, they can't join the preseason tour, so Levy is waiting. Until the preseason tour's over, before we we we, we sign centre backs, to, this this kind of stuff absolutely starts melting my brain. But it does start making me think uh, about the amount of work we have to do between now and the start of the season, ins and outs. Like, mm. Are we are we going to get it done? I don't know that we'll get two. I do think we'll get one, and then I think Damn we'll it. see Damn it, more out. I think we'll see more outgoings than incomings because probably that's what's needed anyway. Like we've probably got too many crap centre backs that we need to get rid of, and mm. we don't need as many to come in. Don't forget, we've only got one competition really, one every week this season. So, you know, if you need to expand on it next summer, you can do. But 
Um, the reason I'd say two is purely just that we need is because Romero is going to get injured before and after international duty. It's just a theme with him. This is it's, it, mate. Like, it's injuries, that's right? what happens. Well, like it's you need four centre backs, right? And you need four centre backs that you want to use. I don't. It, it can't be Romero, one that you bring in, and then the options after that are the ones that have basically been letting us down for the last few years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Dyer's going to stay because he's probably just going to run his contract out. You'd think, right? Um, he's got one year left. I imagine that he'll stay. I've, I can't see Sanchez staying. I can see Davis staying. Um, I mean, he got he got used at centre back today, Davis. I don't know if that is where he's going to play. I know, but, I know, I know. And this is what I mean. I mean. But Dan's I do think. But, but the thing is, just because these players are playing in pre-season doesn't mean that he's intended. Like he just he literally played twenty-two players today. He's not going to use all of them. There's so there's so many in that twenty-two that won't feature like for at all in the season because there's going to be a lot more outs than ins this this summer. There has to be, um, and I think a lot of it's going to be us trying to find loan to buy deals and stuff like that just to get people out the door basically so that we don't affect the squad and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to to go back to your point, we do really need two centre backs, though. Um, just just to cover a to cover injuries, and then one that's just a certified definite starter alongside Romero. Yeah, fair. I I just I guess I just had a moment of a uh, panic in my head, just thinking. I, I think one thing one thing that you can tell yourself is that it, that we aren't going to that, that you won't be before this Australian tour's done. You won't see any deals done. I don't think. Because what's the point? What's the point? Now? We've got two more games to play out there. I think. Yeah. What's the point in bringing flying them out late oh, to no, Australia? No, no. They won't to like, fly out, hundred percent. Yeah. But you won't announce them either. Then do no. you get what I'm saying? Because then they're yeah, just what point. they're doing. They're rattling around Hotspur away, well, look, like look. waiting for everyone to come back. It makes no ends. Makes no odds. I'm banging on about be patient, and I'm being impatient. So let me just <laughs> let me just get over my little momentary lapse in 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 focus. Um, Pre-season vibes are good though, right? Because you've got Basuma yes. singing uh, singing songs with the 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 RGs in the dressing room, and you know it's <laughs> it, you kind of the, these little things mean absolutely nothing, and yet they mean everything somehow. Um, it's because you, you it's that kind of team togetherness. It's it's just that that kind of I don't know. It's just like a reminder that these guys are actually bloody good footballers, and you know they've had. They had a nightmarish season last year. I think we all did. I think yeah. last season was horrific on so many levels, just in terms of in terms of following Spurs, enduring Spurs, and seeing players who are who are so much better than what their output was, including mm. Basuma, who is you know, you, no one's forgotten no one's forgotten how good of of a footballer he is. We kinda have in the you know, he played maybe twenty two times last season. Which sounds if like that. a lot. If that did he really if play twenty two times? I think people are, are factoring in sub substitutions. I'd, I'd, I'd be amazed enough. if it was even that many. But yeah, fair enough. I, I pulled that number from from somewhere, and and it, it shocked yeah, me when it was shared with me. And I, it might be mentioned last season. Twenty, not um, twenty two minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It definitely felt like twenty two minutes in, in, yeah. in terms of highlights. But that's my point. He's a player that, 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 and you saw it today. In, in there, there were pockets, right, where you thought that's more like it. Oh mate, that's, he was really good. He was really good at times. Yeah, there, I fucking yeah. love Basuma. Like already, like his whole vibe is just like amazing to see on things like social media. Like yeah. 
I think you're going to the club. If I was the, the social media person at the club, he would be filling up. I'd be filling up so much of the content through just him. T um, on the fighting cock said the same thing. He said that he said it in in, in chat. He said watching Basuma's. Uh, actually, I better not. Say. I'm not. I'm not going to repeat what he said. I, I, can't, I can't say it now because I don't. No worries. No worries. But, I, but, um, but but like it's just like there was a video of him walking past, and he's obviously got like his. He he, he customizes his boots. He doesn't just have the same boots everyone else does. So he'll wear like night boots, and then he's got one that are for Mali, like for his country, mm. and then he's got the. Um, he said you got boots for Mali, then boots for Tottenham. He's got another pair of boots that are fucking like Spurs customized with like the logo on there and everything like that. Yeah, like what other fuck. player that we've had is do- is doing that? I just yeah, love it. I think I he's mean, going to be like a favourite player for me this season. Him or sort of like Madison, I think they're going to be you know probably my favourites for the season. But him and I just love him in general. If if I had to describe actually, if I had to describe um, uh, Basuma's Instagram it, uh, stories. It, when you're watching it, it, it's like coming up on on ecstasy. It's that kind <laughs> of build up to 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 you uh, having your eyes rolled back and and just being absolutely majestic. Uh, in in just just it's just pure love, it, and that's what I mean by preseason vibes. It's the energy you know must be good in the dressing room, even though we've got a manager who doesn't fuck about. But he doesn't fuck about in terms of what he expects from the players. It's not like you can't have any HP sauce, mate, on your lunch. It's not like there's not this. I think with Conte, I think I mean I bought into it massively. You know, he's a winner. He's gonna he's gonna make these players cutthroat and ruthless, and no no no. And he's got the experience. He's gonna rub off on players. Blah blah blah. But it didn't work because it was suffocating. Because again, for the, for the the second time, you know, you know, Mourinho in- included as, as the first time, we're asking these players to play football and, and do things that they're not comfortable with, even though we're, we're allegedly buying players that they're asking for. The again, the output is not what we want, and whereas now they feel like they've just been released from their shackles, and they just, you know, and this is off the back of one game and, a, and an Instagram feed. So, like, what am I talking about? We we'll move on. Um, so what, what do we need then? Centre-backs, what else do we need? And, and and what's your expectations? Just at this point, again, I know we keep I keep coming back to this question, but it seems to change for people week on week because some people start off quite negatively with the expectations. Mm. Like, oh, we're going to do nothing this season. And then people kind of just, just change their opinions, just little things that they realise, do you know what, things aren't that bad. Mm. Things aren't that impossible. You know, it's not like like we've been in the top four for so many years. It's not like we don't know how to compete for top four football. That's you wanna you wanna talk about um like you wanna talk about cl- a club culture. There's a lot of things wrong at Spurs, no doubt about that. And a lot of it is down to the board and the owners and the rest of it. But having said that. We do know how to get into the top four. And people might frown and go, oh, that's not a trophy. No, it's not. But it's what the players want. And it's really what we want as well. We want Champions League football. So let's not pretend that Champions League football doesn't matter. If you're yeah. in the top four, you're doing something right. You're in the, you're one of the best clubs in the country. And if you're in the top four consistently, you know where it leads. You can potentially challenge for the title not that we have really yeah 
you but you you get where I'm going with this, right? So yeah, where, where are not, you at with with what we need? Like what are, do, is top four? This top four something that's possible, basically. Well, in terms of what we need, player wise, like yeah, I mean we've already covered that really. It's just centre back and maybe midfield, just tidying those areas up, and then I think we're fine squad wise. Um, it's a long term project. This and just Andy's on a four year deal. It's not like a two year Nuno type deal that we we then need to achieve, or even a Conte deal where we need to achieve things immediately. Otherwise, it's fucked. Like we can see a bit of bit of progression here, even if we don't win something. Like I think the ceiling for this season. The absolute. I think the, the the ceiling would be top would be fourth place. I can't see us finishing higher than that. I have to be honest. Um, obviously, that could change as the season goes on. We might do better than I expect, but I think that there's going to be a fair amount of teething issues to be expected when we're playing with a new manager, new system, integrating new players, etc. And I think that the the the, the floor for us is. I would like to think the floor for us is probably within like the top sort of like seven so something like that so I would imagine that like the kind of objective for us needs to be at least kind of top six and see like how we get on in one of the cups maybe or something like that like actually try and prioritize the cups a bit though because we've not got any Champions League football to worry about so you'd like to think that we can put in some decent cup performances or a nice run in the League Cup or the FA Cup um but so if we do that playing the type of football it looks as though we're going to be able to play I think it'll be a good season yeah, and, and and this is it. I think it's recovery. You know, if if you kind of sat down every Spurs fan, you said, well, you know, what are your expectations? And and like we don't, you never know with Spurs. This is the thing about Tottenham. This is why it drives us bonkers because we could hit the ground running, and then and then suddenly we're ahead of schedule. So the pressure on the club completely changes, and the perception on the club from the media and probably from people like Donna Cullen and Daniel Levy, who don't appear to understand football that very well, um, that well, uh, much like I don't really speak English very well. <laughs> it changes what the club then do. You know, you could argue this is what broke Poch in the long run. Oh, we're bringing Pochettino. Why? It'd be a bit cheap, and he can work with the players. He can make players better, and he did exactly that. And we got lucky. We bought some fucking good players. Like, you want to bang on about the club not doing transfer business. We did a lot of fucking good business for, for Poch when he had his clear out. It's The problem is we didn't we didn't do the business afterwards. To, to you didn't go that one it. step further, yeah. We didn't, exactly. But my point, my, my point being is that the perception around Spurs changed. So we, we weren't expected to be this team that could potentially win the league and people were talking about us as potential future league champions, right? And it wasn't a, a patronising thing. It was a genuine thing. Spurs are going to win the league in a couple of years. I remember a West Ham podcast after we beat them 3-2. And I, I never watched a West Ham podcast in my life. It was like on the YouTube thing, and they would they, they were genuinely talking about Spurs in this way that they said there's there's such a good team. And, then, and I was thinking, wow, like t- things that have changed. Like what is going on here? And the worrying thing is, if we hit the ground running, it's going to be absolutely fantastic, but it changes everything again because if we fail yeah. off the back of starting really well. People will not, and I mean, I'm talking for a lot of people on behalf of them without their um, permission, but people will just flip that and say, well, look, you know, we failed again. It's like, no, you know, expectation wise, you want to see Spurs reclaim their identity. You want to watch Tottenham on TV or in the stadium 
and enjoy the experience. Look forward to the experience. Be Spurs, win, lose or draw, rather than feel that we're constantly fighting each other or constantly fighting against the club. There are battles to have with the football club. They're never going to go away because they're never going to go away, the owners. That can be separated. It's still our sport. It's still our game. It's still our team. It's still our experience. It's still our escapism. And we shouldn't we shouldn't relinquish that as comfortably as we've done. And it's been really comfortable, mainly because of what Spurs have dished up for us. So, but where I am with it is is that I, you know, I do think I do think we're going to win a cup this season. You know, I've, I've said it. It doesn't. If we don't, we don't. But I, I think we're more primed to do that. I don't think Postecoglou is, is one of these people that's going to go, yeah, going to play the kids or going to play a mismatch of players. We're not going to have a squad big enough and bad enough in certain areas to be able to do that. It's going to be streamlined, competitive, and therefore it will make us better. And the culture of of, of playing with pride is something big. As you saw today, the result does matter for Postacoglu. Do you know what I'm saying? He didn't mean just the result of a friendly. He he meant generally. He was he was really speaking about the wider thing. Every game matters. Every result matters. Um, and and it was great to see. So I still fancy us for top four because I think I think a couple of the the fancy teams that are making a lot of noise, I think are going to wobble this season. Um, it's going to be an, an unbelievably interesting season, but there's no pressure on Spurs. There's pressure on Spurs from us, but the media don't give a fuck at the moment. So I like that. Dark horses, mm. I'll take that. Let's just quickly, um, just two things I want to mention. Harry Maguire, uh, that's not going to happen, is it? Even if, even if he's like a <laughs> Harry Kane's best mate, you know, he's thirty years old. Uh, I think he's got two years left on his contract. Apparently, it's hard to believe. Um, United want fifty million quid for him, so it's just an absolute no go. Um, I kind of flirted with this just as a if Maguire signs and Harry Kane staying because they're best mates. Spend fifty million quid, keep Harry Kane. Nah, to, I just, I, I, I just think he's been too poor for too long. Twenty-five and million. He, he's also just he's just too old and too expensive. Simple as twenty-five million. Fine, we'll take okay, him. Okay, twenty-five million. Right, and captaincy because this is something. Um, this feels like something where we won't know until we know what Kane does, right? Yeah, because Kane is obviously the captain at the moment. It should be club captain. Um, should be Postecoglou's number two in some way. In terms yeah. of, do you know what I'm saying? In terms of influence and whatever they're trying to do to get him to commit to Spurs. Um, beyond it's a bit like, his... you, you look at that press conference yesterday that, po- that Postacoglu done with Son. You'd yeah. like to think that that really should have been him and Kane, but you can't do that because of the stuff that's going on with him and Bayern and all the stuff, First right? The question was about Harry Kane. And, and, Literally. And, and, and Ange made, made a joke about it, right? Yeah. So I, I imagine they would have liked that. I would imagine the club and Ange would have loved it if Harry would do it, but they also just won't force him into it because they know that all he's going to get asked about is stuff to buy him, and he's just protecting his position, understandably at the moment. So, I mean, who do you give it to if if the if the worst case scenario plays out? I mean, who who does the captaincy go to? Does it go to Son? You know, yeah, I mean, Son, definitely Son. Really? For me. Is yeah, that because I, like Postecoglou 
when he was talking about leader, leadership qualities, he said it's not necessarily someone who might. It's not necessarily someone who's screaming and shouting at people out on the pitch, which is what really my idea of a captain is. Someone like Roy Keane. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, but I think I don't think we have that kind of Jordan Henderson, Stephen Gerrard type person in our dressing room, do we? Like, you know, you in the sense that they back up what they what they say, don't, don't they? Hmm. And I think you've got the likes of, I think Hoybier is going to be on his way out regardless. But you've got someone like him and Dyer, who you know Dyer's leaving in a year if he doesn't leave this summer. Hoybier is on his way out, but I don't think he's kind of good enough to back up a lot of what he sort of says and demands of people. So, and I just look at Son and I just think he he. He, he he loves this club so much. Like It's like yeah. he said yesterday, he was asked about... The first question he had to answer was about the Saudi links. And he just said, well, if I wanted to be there, I wouldn't be here. So <laughs> he wants to be So he wants to be here, you know? Like He I still wants him. to prove himself him. in the Premier League. He signed... When Kane, two years ago, was going through that whole saga with Manchester City, that's, when, that's the summer that Son signed a four-year deal. And you think, fucking love you, mate. Like yeah. we 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 dug I dug me especially dug him out last season so much because this is a you, you you're digging people out when you don't know what's going on right and he's come out and basically said I was trying to play all season with a hernia and I needed surgery and obviously couldn't because they yeah. needed him and you think well he's now had that sorted and he's surely going to be back to his best this season you would think or at least much better than he was last season so. And I just think it has to be him. He's still got, like, I think, two years left on his contract. Um, he's going to be here for a while. If he continues to play well, he could probably re-sign and like, you know, re-up his deal still. And he's captain of South Korea. He knows what it means to be captain. I think he takes the responsibility seriously. I think he likes being an ambassador for the club, a rep for the club, being in press conferences, you know, you know, talking on behalf of the team. Like, I think he enjoys it. Um, so I think he'd thrive in it. I think it has to be him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's the right person. Uh, for sure, and I think he's going to have a great season this season. That's if Kane leaves. Of, I think if Kane yeah, doesn't yeah. leave, even if he's not going to be doing like you know the things you'd expect a captain to be doing during the summer, I suppose in terms of like the pressers and stuff like that, he's the he's the best player in the club's history. History in some people's eyes, he's still here. If you're going to try and entice him to at least be staying, you've you've yeah. you've almost got to be showing him a mark of respect, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Like we haven't spoken about Kane today because it is bloody boring. There's nothing um, to say, is there? Like, it's more, it is. yeah. It's just again noise from Bayern Munich, PSG. It's just most most of it is so unbelievable, and 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 it's just unnecessary to try and and break it down. You know, we, we know everyone will know at the same time what what's going to yeah. happen there. Um, look, okay, we're done. We're done. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll be Cheers, back mate. for another. Uh, no problem. We'll be back. We'll be back for another filthy shambles, no doubt, uh, next week. Um, if you want to listen to the rest of this podcast, because me and Dan are going to continue uh, chatting away for for a bit, uh, then check out patreon.com forward slash spooky in purgatory. Become a, uh, a, a patron. Uh, support me making these pods. It all helps. Um, and you get a bit of extra content off the back of it. So up the spurs. <laughs>